1: Well, welcome back to another episode of Round the Boards, the Speedway Podcast. We're back again, usual. Myself, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Kane Watt, and Rob Ludlow. How are we doing this evening, guys? Yep, yeah, all good, mate.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. It's been a been a decent week of Speedway, excluding a few postponements.
1: But yeah, it's been good. Been a, been a decent week. So, can't uh, wait to get back in with this one.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty good.
1: Yep. Yeah, so, um. We know the speedway season has started again because meetings are getting postponed, left, right and centre due to frozen tracks and snow and all sorts, which doesn't surprise me for end of March. Um, and then the speedway meetings we do go to, it's absolutely freezing at the moment, but uh, we're looking forward um, to some some fantastic meetings coming up this week, uh, and then we'll preview or review some of the meetings that have happened in the past week, and then we have the return of the Watt versus Ludlow quiz, um, which I've I've, I've not given you the question yet but I've pre-empted you that it's going to be a difficult one this week so I'm looking forward to it anyway I think we might have to have three lives
0: this week if it's difficult because
1: last week was bad enough
0: well actually we did okay last week but yeah. you had that tainted answer yeah, well, yeah apparently, yeah, apparently we all... Dan Bewley hasn't, hasn't actually ridden a GP yet. I could have sworn I saw him in one last season,
1: but... But for all those eagle-eyed or eagle-eared people amongst us might have noticed that Dan Bewley was actually given us an answer last week and isn't actually a correct answer. Um, but in the end, it didn't make a great deal of difference to the score because uh, Kane, still, Kane still won nil up in the series. Um, so we move on to to that towards the end of the show. And then we'll also be previewing our meeting of the week, which this week will be the championship fixture between Redcar and Plymouth. But just to begin with, we'll um, we'll move into, we'll preview some or review some of the meetings, should I say, that have happened over the past week, whilst bringing you some other news, which I'll incorporate into some of the results. So, um, obviously, whilst we were recording last week, um, there was a couple of meetings going on. Um, Bellevue v Sheffield in the northern league Cup, um which Sheffield got a last heat five one um to secure the win um I don't know what you thought about it guys, but it seemed a strange decision not to put Max frick in heat fifteen that for Bellevue, obviously not being there uh, you sort of don't know how people are riding, and maybe Charles Wright and brady kurtz were a were the best option, but for me, I don't know about you Rob Max Frick, you would have expected to have been in heat fifteen. Yeah,
0: especially ra especially at home you would you would have expected him he didn't have a particularly he didn't have a bad night. Um he scored he had ten plus one from his five rides. Um which was a, well, higher scoring than both Wright and Kurtz. So if you just look at the numbers it would ma- it would have made sense that you put frickin' heat fifteen at home, you need a you need a good result. You, you back your, your number one rider normally. It was a bit of a, a bit of an odd decision not to use him in heat fifteen. Um yeah. he might might have just not been feeling it after five eats. He might have might have picked up a picked up a knock or something like that. I think obviously even like inconspicuous knocks, and obviously Doyle uh, Doyle had a problem in Poland today, I think, where he stubbed something to his hand because of catching a rock from a from a rider sorry, you know, a bit of stone from a rider in front. So it could be something down a light. Like um don't know the ins and outs, but it is a bit of a strange decision not to use freaking heat fifteen.
1: Yeah, and then the um, other meeting that week. Uh, well, f- firstly, fair. Well done to Sheffield on their win. Jack Holder and Adam Ellis, who, uh, who I wouldn't say we'd written him off at the start of the season, but it had some poor performances to start of the season, and then he's banging in double figures at Bellevue, a track that he knows well, that he's won a British title on. So, um, good starts to the campaign for them. Uh, Bellevue, for me, you know, going to it's going to be very difficult for them to qualify um, with the format of the League Cup. They're going to struggle to get themselves into the final now, but we'll see how that pans out. The other meeting on that Monday night uh, saw a challenge match between Wolverhampton and Birmingham, which um, Birmingham had some reinforcements for that one, uh, but Wolverhampton still came out on top, 56-34. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't know how much they all got out of it, but some good track time for what uh, Wolverhampton uh, came.
2: Definitely, yeah. Uh, some good opposition as well. Not- not as strong as the Premiership teams will be, but you know there's not much difference between the leagues now. So, and racing's racing at the end of the day as well, so can't complain too much, can they?
1: Yeah, and then Tuesday night um, we moved into the National Development League in the opening fixture um, between Plymouth and Kent, which um, surprisingly for a few people and, and surprisingly for some of our predictions actually Kent. Turned Plymouth over um, at the Coliseum in what was actually a pretty one sided meeting in the end, 52 38. Um, obviously, for Kent, um, Alfie Botel, Ben Morley all scored well. Joe Alcock had a really good night as well, but um, had some good backup um, from everybody else. I think everyone, bar um, no, I think everyone got at least a paid win in the end for Kent. Um, but for Plymouth, um, Dan Jilks obviously led from the front. Um, I think I think there was a few falls in this meeting as well, um, which which didn't help Plymouth in their cause for some points. But a good start for Kent there, uh, Rob.
0: Yeah, um, if you start putting together all the all the letters and different things you see in the program, you might be able to make a sentence. Um, there are lots of lots of re, there are a few reserve switches, plenty of falls. Um, so it would have been quite a dramatic dramatic meeting to watch if if, any, if anyone did catch it on the on the stream that Plymouth did, but. Um, yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised. I thought Plymouth would do a little bit better at home, um, especially being at home, but obviously Alfie Botel banging in eleven points, um Plymouth is his home, is his home track anyway, so I I'd imagine that it, it was light racing you know, so like racing at home for him. Um yeah, unfortunately for Dan Danjoux, he didn't really get the the, the backup he needed. Uh, the reserves didn't didn't do great. Uh, ben Trigger had a fall in his first first heat as well. So uh, I, whether or not he had a an off night because of because of that fall, I don't know. But yeah, I was quite surprised to see Kent when I I was expecting it to be tighter and maybe go with a home win, but yeah, to win by 14 points away from home, opening night, can't ask for a better start.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Ben Trigger actually had quite a quite a bad tumble in the first one. It looked an awkward crash from the pictures I've seen. And I think Conor King had to fall, pull out of the meeting after his last ride as well, because um, he had an awkward tumble as well. But um, yeah, all good. A great start there. Four points on the board for Kent and some work to do for Plymouth now um, as they look to get some points on the board. But then we move on to so Wednesday and Thursday. Um, not a lot going on due to the, the wet weather, the snowy weather that was going on. So the Birmingham Coventry, Challenge match was postponed on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, Sheffield Steel City Open Championship was postponed, and then the League Cup Southern fixture between Ipswich and Kings Lynn was postponed. But uh, on Wednesday was Bjarni Pedersen's farewell at Pool. Um, a meeting between the Pool Pirates and the Peterborough Panthers. Obviously, Bjarni's uh, well associated with uh, Paul and winning the um, winning the title with Peterborough last year. Um, a good send off for him and. A, a, a decent meeting in the end. I think, um again, some good track time for everybody's, And I think we discussed this on the Prediction Show, um particularly about Paul, about their season could be dictated by how well Zach and Ben Cook go. And Kane, looking at the scores, they both had decent nights at Paul on Wednesday.
2: Very decent, again, yeah. Against, against yeah. Some good opposition as well. Yeah, I mean, both got two wins each. And then Zach Cook got two paid wins. Add on to that and... Ben got one as well, you know. Uh, all both won the last place, but you know you, they're not expected to win from the well win really. You know the, the pressure isn't on them to chip in points where they can. But to do that on the first meet of the season, it's I don't think many would have expected that. Possibly not even themselves. And against paper as well, that's it's no easy going. It's a good team. I know it was slightly weakened from what was originally advertised, but you know, it's, it's racing. Anyone can beat anyone. And th- I think the Cooks proved that.
1: Yeah, and obviously um, a few off nights on the Peterborough side, particularly uh, Michael Palm-Toff didn't have a very good night. Just uh, one race win and then three blobs after that. Ulrich um, uh only five points, but he's finding his feet again back into racing. But uh, um, a commander victory for Paul in the end. But you sort of expect that, Rob, when you look at when the top three themselves all scored well, um, and then you've got good reserves in Drew Kemp and Zach Cook.
0: Yeah, that's the, yeah, seven, 17, you paid 20 between two reserves is, is, is brilliant. Um, you're normally looking at most teams reserves. If they can get double figures between them, they'll be having a good night. So to have, um, six, well, six wins including, well, six wins including two paid wins via two reserves is, is, is ludicrous really. Um, so that gives you a really strong, a really strong sort of foundation to go from, um, and obviously their top three banging in point uh, in almost paid, uh, almost paid double fit, yeah, pay double fit. At least they paid double figures each. Is it's going gonna, gonna to be a very, very tough team to beat at home. Um, I, I, I fully expect Reed Camp to be a, a very, very strong reserve, and and I, I said that the Cooks were there were question marks against them, but if they perform like that every week, Paul are going to have a,
1: a hell of a team this season. And, uh, yeah, and, and moving on to then, uh, obviously, Friday, Stuart Robson's testimonial, obviously, disappointed for him that that had to be postponed due to the weather as well. Hopefully, we'll see that back in the calendar again this season. And then a um, couple of meetings from Saturday evening. Um, I, I wouldn't say too surprising. Uh, the Leicester scoreline came. Um, a, another absolute thumping home victory for Leicester. 62-28 against Scunthorpe this time. Um, I, I just I, you can see this almost happening at nearly every week with Leicester how they are at home and it's I, I find it difficult to find anyone that's going to be able to match them at Leicester
2: Yeah well, I think you have to take into account though Birmingham weren't up to full strength in Scunthorpe I wouldn't say it's a track that then riders go well on bar Ryan Douglas who scored half the points on his own but yeah that I mean I think like I said, I don't I don't see it. we could see this lesser team at the minute. Obviously if injuries occur or when replacements come in for riders then perhaps we will see a team that come on. If Poole have the Cooks riding like they did at Poole, then I think that could be close. But you know, it it's all just on paper at the minute as well, isn't it, you know? Yeah. So you know they look- might see an upset somewhere, perhaps Newcastle can pull it off this week.
1: We'll move. We'll move on to them a little bit later. I know. I know uh, our friend Kieran Malarkey has has had a lot to say today about how we'd written Newcastle off, and they've managed to win today against the Stokes' elects. We'll move on to them in a minute. But uh, yeah, looking at the the scorecard again, the top three have obviously smashed in big points again. Um, only really beaten by uh, Ryan Douglas, who who was the only one who really put up any resistance for Scunthorpe. And then Joe Thompson again, it was uh, paid 14 this week after his double, after his paid maximum last week. He started the season really well, Rob.
0: Yeah, this was definitely, this is one I I expected to see um, Leicester win pretty comfortably at home. Uh, 34 points, maybe not that many, but uh, I had a feeling that Scunthorpe would struggle away from home this season. And this sort of backs up the point, it is only one meeting. I'm sure Scunthorpe will improve. Over the course of the season, but um, yeah, that's not a, that's not a great way to kick off your campaign. Um, There's not a lot of you can't even can't even put that down to a bit of bad luck. That's just a, a pretty poor away performance. Although Leicester are going to, I think Leicester are going to spank a lot of teams at home this season. So yeah, I expected that one to go that way, but I 34 is is more of a hammering than I was expecting.
1: Yeah, and then uh, then the other fixture uh, Saturday evening was uh, the first one for the British Speedway Network. I don't know if either of you two managed to catch any of the action last night. I was out last night. Um, I have seen four heats. I've not seen any yet, but I've heard that the coverage was was pretty good uh, and a lot of good uh, reviews have come out of um, how it was presented.
0: But the sound, I think there were a few few teething problems to start with. I didn't yeah. actually catch it. I've seen seen a clip, a few clips of the heats, but um, sounded like there were a few teething teething problems to to uh, to begin with. But I think that's to be expected, to be honest. Um, I, I, overall, I think the feedback's been been pretty good. And I think if people can just can stay positive about it, not jump on the on the um, on the teething problems at the start, if people can just sort of yeah, yeah just stick with it, I think it'd be important to do that. Uh, yeah, the the, the British win Network, can, in my opinion, can only be a good thing. It, it can't be. Yeah. It's, it's it's very much a good thing. So, um, it's good to see it have a, have
1: a, a decent first night. Yeah. But in t- in terms of the meeting itself, again, another another thumping home win for Berwick, where every rider contributed, every white rider picked up at least one win. Um, and and I think as probably all three of us predicted. We, we all sort of said Berra could be the dark horses this season, and with a strong reserve, and Joy Etheridge getting banging in, paid fourteen at reserve, um, but a good all-round performance, I would say. The lowest scorer getting six in the end.
2: Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's not by going when your reserve is the top scorer, but uh, even Carl Bickley, you know, don't, don't think many people would have expected him to score seven, but you know, I, I think everyone's pulled the win in this meeting, and. Long may it continue. I, th- I hope Berwick have a good season. Uh, it's a very well-run club and maybe they'll finally get some of the silverware that they've been deserving.
1: And in, and in terms of uh, Birmingham, obviously they're back now up to, to full strength. Um, good to see Josh Orty back. Um, Adam Ellis obviously back into the team as well, um, but still only two, no, three race wins in the end. Uh, good to see Stefan Nielsen pick up a win though. Um, that was encouraging, especially over uh, Theo Piper and uh, Leon Flint. But again, it's it's that struggle for consistency. Ash Morris was a little bit off. Really, only really only Adam Ellis and to a certain extent, close missing uh, troubled the the Berwick scorers this time.
2: Yeah, it's a tough start for Bromino you know? uh, Not many people will go well at Berwick, and then riding at Leicester as well. Uh, it's it's probably not the start you would have hoped for. But well, I think once they get back at home, they'll put in some good scores. I know James Pearson said on the the network that he likes the Bembridge track, so I'm sure he'll, he'll have a bit more than ones and twos and perhaps fives and sixes. Leave perhaps more. But yeah. You know, they have the the track especially uh, as well with Ellis, even Shanes, Nielsen, and Morris. They've been there plenty of times, and all he's a former brummie as well, so their form could easily turn around at home. And if I think if you get the home wins. You'll be
1: there, there about it end of the day. And then we have one, uh, just one final meeting. Uh, as we record this show, we're recording on Sunday evening. Um, so we've 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 had the completion of the Newcastle against Stoke, and as we uh, alluded to earlier, uh, Newcastle picked up uh, what I'd call an encouraging two-point victory over a Stoke select team. There we know, but Mugs, Steve Warrell, Ricky Wells, Leon Flint, Ben Barker, all in that team to name a few. Um, but 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 Newcastle have um, with Max Clegg leading the way with twelve and a bonus. Um, Matthew Weather scored ten. Paul Stark scored nine. So Rob, there was some encouragement there. Yeah, that's a it's
0: definitely a confidence booster. Um, yeah, as, as you said, the Stoke team wasn't. Although it's a select team, that's not that's not a poor side in a, in anyone's language. Um, they got some handy riders. Obviously, Joe Joe allcock had a good night for had a good night in the National League with with Kent. So. It, it's it's a definitely definitely a confidence boost of a Newcastle. if they can if they can sort of if they can put this together some sort of home form this season, it might not be as as doom and gloom as maybe as we're suggesting. But uh, they're baby steps at the moment. I think for Newcastle, it, 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 you know, we'll have to see what their first league matches is, is is going to be like at home um, and see how they get on, especially against teams that might be in and around them um, when they face say Birmingham at home. If they can if Birmingham turn up to Newcastle and turn them over, it, I think it, it looks a very long season, but it's a confidence booster and, and it's baby steps for Newcastle at the moment, I think.
1: Yeah, and, and Kane obviously um Bradley Wilson Dean's form at the moment, um, may be causing some sleepless nights for some promotions. Uh just two and a bonus um this evening. So uh it's still a lot to still a lot to work on to get them back up to to full capacity.
2: Yeah. Um it's not been the started wanted, but he's not been here for a couple seasons now, so maybe it's just a case of getting back into it in, you know, the regular racing. Because I, I don't think he's had clubs in like the Sweden and Poland. So if he's riding just in New Zealand, I don't know what their calendar is like, but I I don't think they'd be doing two meetings a week and so on and so forth. But you know, it's it's good to see him back. I I don't think he'll be under pressure to, like, the team changes wise, because we know Newcastle aren't the most financially stable club at, without trying to have a dig there, you know. They, they don't have money to burn, like, for say, I don't know, like a, a Manchester City sort of t- side. So, but yeah, he's better than 2 plus 1. It's just a case of finding the form that he needs. But, you know, when you've got Matthew Weathers going 10, Clegg on 12, and Stark on 9, it's, it takes a little bit of pressure off him, especially at home. And there won't be much expectations away, I'd say. So, yeah, we, we know he's he's better than what he's scoring at the minute. It's just trying to unlock it.
1: Yeah, and then that that concluded the results from the meetings uh, we've had so far. And I just want to touch on the ones on Monday because obviously we, we've spoken about our meeting of the week, which is Peterborough and Ipswich, and the possibility that um, Jason Doyle may not be available for that meeting. Still, nothing concrete on that. Um, it might not be something that affects him too much, so we'll have to see how that goes over over the course of tonight and tomorrow to see if they need to bring a guest in or use rider replacement but obviously uh, with with the greatest respect in the world to everybody in the league um it's very difficult to replace um uh, Jason Doyle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's
0: not um that's not someone you want missing. It's not uh not someone that I I don't think a rider replacement is going to cover that or depending on the guest you can get in but it's whoever you do bring in as a guest is, is unless you bring in Jack Holder as a guest there's not really going to be uh, anyone quite up to the same sort of standard. So it'd be a, it's a big miss for Newcastle. sorry, Newcastle. Big miss for Ipswich if if they don't have him for that one. Um yeah,
1: you, you worry for them if without without Doyle yeah, and um, obviously looking at the fixtures, it's, it is only a Bellevue or a Kingsland rider that could deputise for um, for Doyle. So you're already looking at someone along the lines of um, uh, Richard Lawson. Maybe you started the season well, or um, assuming Max Frick could probably fit in there as well. Yeah, there's
2: not a bad range of riders. Or uh, Lawson's a far move to try. To... Frick should should go well anywhere. But it is confirmed Jason Dole has broken one finger, possibly two, but I think it is just one. So, I think, I'm a, uh, no. we know Michael Palmer was last season with a hand injury, so it's possible, but I'm sure this early in the season you don't want to be aggravating injury before you've really spun a competitive wheel. So, maybe it's better just to give the, the few weeks off and come back when you're fully fit.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully you can have Thursday off when Ipswich travel to Kings Lynn. So you
2: hope for that. <laughs>
1: uh, we'll see. We'll see how this uh, goes over the next few days. Obviously, Wolverhampton, rides Sheffield um, tomorrow evening as well in the north, uh, northern section of the League Cup. Sheffield looking to build on an away victory at Bellevue, and I think I think it's probably safe to say if Sheffield win at Wolverhampton uh, on tomorrow, they'll, they'll probably sew that uh, group up.
0: Yeah, uh, again, it's going to be another tight one. Sheffield might might win. It'd be similar to Bellevue. Um, although Wolves, I would say on paper right now, look stronger than Bellevue do. And Wolverhampton's, I think, much more of a home track advantage than what Bellevue is. So uh, I think it'd be close. But I would, I, I think I might go for Wolves to win a tight meeting only by two or four, I would guess. Um, but yeah, there's there's no reason why Sheffield can't win. But I think that Wolves' home track and, and Wolf straight to depth might might get
1: them over the line in that one. Yeah, and then we're moving uh, swiftly on to Tuesday. Um, another fixture we briefly touched on mm-hmm. last week, but uh, just to bring some latest news with that fixture as well, in that uh, we're looking at Plymouth, the pool, um, and then it's the return leg of the, the Knockout Cup quarter final on Wednesday as well. Um, but Eddie Kennett has re-signed for Plymouth in an amazing U turn. I'm not sure what's changed in terms of his work commitments, but obviously time has become available again, and uh, Edward Kennett comes back in as their number one next season or this probably season. Probably the least expected rider you'd see replacing Eddie
2: Kennett would be Eddie Kennett. So, I mean, fair play to get it over the line because it didn't sound very good once he said it was, he'd take that promotion, cause it, but surely they've found some way to get over it. So, just gonna
1: hope he performs on the track now. And obviously this this uh knockout cup quarterfinals probably one of the one of the bigger quarterfinals you could have. I think you've got Plymouth and Paul two very good sides. Um obviously we talked about Paul and the influence that the Cook boys can have on backing up them top three with Kempit was there, but with Plymouth you've got you've got four pretty much four out and out number ones in there. Um Ben Barker looks like he's going to line up at number two with Kennett at one uh, obviously gives you a strong opening heat in that one as well definitely yeah so in terms of the meeting itself um who who do you fancy Rob over the two uh, legs
0: uh i over the two legs, I think you've got a fancy pull um I do think Plymouth uh, Plymouth have got a decent side this season, but over the two legs you, you, you you can never write Paul off, um, especially if the Cooks hit form like they that like they did in the um, in Pedersen's meeting. Um, then they're going to be a very very tough team to beat. Uh, obviously, Plymouth with with such a dilly little track uh, should have a decent home advantage in the first leg. So I, I think they might take a lead, but I think Paul would be just too be just too strong for them at home. So i I'd, I'd say Paul over two legs, but uh, I think the teams will win a match each. But I, I think Paul are just We'll, we'll pip it at, at home on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, I, I, in the symbol as Rob there, I think Poole might just have a little bit too much, especially when you know they've got Lawson who was who was lined up for Plymouth to start the season. So I'm sure he'll be giving the teams some tips on where to go on the lines. But you know, it, I, I like to I say I think it'll come down to the Plymouth leg, uh, the Pool leg. Sorry, uh, I think Plymouth should have it more or less the whole own way. But you know, Poole are more than capable of either. Spring on a comeback or just winning from the start, you know, you can never write them off. That, that team, you know, they're always going to be there, they're about to want to win everything they're in. So, but I'm sure Plymouth will be hoping that they can do it as well. So, yeah, yeah, take you know, I mean, one for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I agree. Like, I think both teams will win their home legs. Um, and I think Paul will just edge it, um, in that second leg at home just to see him cross the line. And then on the same night as well, we've got the second leg of the, the Birmingham-Leicester uh, meeting. Um, anyone tipping Birmingham to, to claw that deficit back? Sorry, but no. No, <laughs> no, I, no. you'd
0: be a brave man to put a bet on that or to to, to put your money on, on Birmingham turning over that deficit. I think you'd be a brave man to put Birmingham to win the meeting in general, never mind turning over that first leg deficit. So I think Leicester 3 pretty comfortably. I think Leicester will win the meeting as well.
2: I think the result on the night could go either way, but Leicester should make it to the next round quite easily.
1: Yeah, I think probably you, if you're a Birmingham supporter or rider, you're probably just looking at that for a bit of track time as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You want a bit of a comfort if you can go out and score some score some points. Uh, yeah, I, I would suggest that the meet that the, the tie is is all over from the first leg. But if you can go out and score some points, it, it should set them up well for. The, for coming meetings, so yeah, I think if you're a Birmingham fan, you're going for the enjoyment of Speedway rather than the, with out of the expectation of your team winning that one. I think.
1: Yep, yeah, and then right, we're moving on to Thursday. Um, a couple of League Cup meetings in the Premiership. Uh, we start at Sheffield against Bellevue, which um, I mean, depending on what happens on Monday with Sheffield and Wolverhampton, yeah, Sheffield would potentially be looking to wrap up the group on Thursday night if they win at home to Bellevue. Um, and then we've got in the southern group, uh, Kingsland at home to Ipswich. Obviously, still waiting on what's happening with Jason Doyle, but that will be um, the first meeting for, for for Kingsland in that group after Ipswich, right at Peterborough on Monday. So another couple of decent meetings there, and probably, in my opinion, I'll say two two meetings that are going to go the way of the home side as well.
0: Uh, yeah, I would,
1: I would. I'll let you discuss. Uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I would agree with, with regards to the Sheffield Bellevue meeting. Um, mm. If they've, they've just won away from home, you'd, you'd then back them at home. Yeah, logic would dictate you would back Sheffield at home, and I, I think they will have too much for Bellevue um, on the night. And I, I think they might. I, I think they'll win reasonably comfortably at home, um, eight to ten maybe. Yeah, I think Bellevue would do well to keep it keep it down to single figures. Um, uh, yeah, until they've until they sort of sort out that. Uh, their team higher up if, if the, the rumour of, of what James said the other day uh, about Matty Zagar coming in it, it, if you add him to the team and, and, and they look a different prospect but with the team they've got at the moment I think they do well to keep it to single figures Um, I don't know about you Kane but I if Doyle is there with Ipswich on Thursday I would I I think it'd be very tight I think it'd be really close, that one actually I would, um, I would fancy Kingsland chances if Doyle isn't there uh, if, if yeah. Doyle's there he'd uh, just Goes to happens on the night, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think I think with Doyle there, you, you, I would lean towards Ipswich. Just the for the sake of this podcast, I want Ipswich to win. Yeah, just for the, just just to wind up the host stuff. Yeah, it's, I it's it's yeah. not a bad thing, is it?
1: No, no, you, you want a bit shift, of shift it to be
0: shifted to him instead of me. I don't mind. That's what. Yeah, we usually pick on you.
1: I mean, so yeah. just... at the moment, you, at the moment, you just white noise to me. I'm just blanking everything. <laughs> <to you.
0: laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I don't. It's Kingsman's team is
0: is definitely not as bad as it was last season. And although I don't tip them to do particularly well, I I think this one to be a tight being. I think with Doyle in the Ipswich team, I think Ipswich might just just take it. But I think it'd be I think it'd be close. Um, maybe even a Heat fifteen deci- Heat fifteen decider to really get you excited. I, I
1: I hate Heat fifteen deciders. My heart can't take it anymore. I'm getting an old man, now. Um I'm just going to skip uh one meeting of friday uh obviously that's a meeting uh, that we've selected as our meeting of the week, <clears throat> so moving on to the other meeting, which is Armadale against Berwick in the national development League um and, and as we have suspected for some time, William Lawson was announced as the Armadale final rider um, which i don't I don't necessarily think um it changes our opinion of them in terms of the league but a reasonably decent fixture to start with there. And um, I don't know which way that one's going to go. I'd, I'd probably side with Armadale at the moment.
2: I think, yeah, you know, if Lawson is back to tip-top, he's he could easily make a mockery of this league. And, you know, they've got the long the specialist. It's a very local side. I think probably, Rothery's probably one of the furthest away and he's only in Cumbria, so says a lot, uh, but that that Berwick team, you know, it's full of experience as well with Bickley and Blair and Luke Crank. He's a former monarch from last season, so either side could really to do it. So, yeah, it's it's a good win state season, isn't it? Nice and close. Hopefully, a good night for both fans. But yeah, I think Armdale to just, just clinch it at the end.
1: And then the following night, Berwick are back in action again in the National Development League at home to uh, the newly reformed oxford chargers in the development league um, and a good opportunity to to see some new riders in action particularly one that I'm keen to see which is luke killing at reserve for oxford um, as per our predictions i think um, i think i would go for a berwick home win probably quite comfortable in the end in this one
0: yeah i think i was i, I was i was going to lean towards a, a berwick win in this one um Home track advantage. Obviously, Oxford have got have got some new riders. You said Luke Colleen's not going to, have, not would have seen it, what uh isn't, wouldn't have seen the uh the, the Berwick track at all,
1: or well, very often if at all. So um, I think he, was, I think he was actually practicing there last. Oh, okay, week.
0: Yeah, yeah, Well, that's.
1: that's um, I spoke to him. It was actually a couple of weeks ago. I think he has he has at least seen been there and practiced on it, but he will have done minimal laps, as you say.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I would be leaning towards a Berwick winning that one. Um similar to similar to you, Nathan. I I think they'll win that one reasonably comfortably. Um yeah, I, I I don't see anything other than a home winning that one.
2: I I think Oxford are a good top three there with Jenkins, Sturman and Hopwood, they've got the you know, they've got the experience to or above a national league level but it, it Luke Colleen depends what he's like. Um He'll start a reserve, won't he? So, he'll have the extra rise, I'm sure, if he's dialled in from that press and practice day. But it, it comes on to Aaron Butcher, Jacob Partners, and Sam Hagen. You know, they could find it tough against a Berwick team that have practically unchanged squad from last season, barring Ace yes, Piper, who came up from the NJL. So, you know, whatever points they pick up won't be easy. So, I think it it does go with the way the Bullets, you know, turn over what they're... The, predicted loss from the
1: night before uh, and then on the same night um another championship match and one that we've we've spoke about earlier in the show um so we've got Leicester who've just come off the back of two 60 point home wins against um an, an, an informed Newcastle side they've uh, <laughs> <laughs> won 46-44 today i, I, I can't i'm, I'm put my neck on the line and say i can't see Leicester getting less than 60 again
2: I'm gonna go even further. I would say seventy.
0: God, jeez, <laughs> crikey! You're, you're Newcastle are not like it. Not gonna like you, mate.
2: No,
0: that's yep. yeah. I think I think Leicester are gonna win that one. Um, yeah, by a lot.
3: Um,
0: yeah, good prediction, Rob. <laughs> well. Nice. Yeah, they're gonna win it by a lot, mate. Um, Lords and loads. I think I think sixty. If they don't hit sixty, I'd be surprised. But um, yeah, I'm maybe not as high as 70. I, I, I'd be surprised if, if if any team hits 70 against anyone this season. Um, but uh, yeah, Leicester by at least 30 would be would be my guess. I'll be honest. I've just said that because
2: Kieran said we were not very smart. So
1: yeah, no, I, I I've seen the comments in there. So 74,
2: uh... 16 is my prediction. there. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, Lee Conklin to score be one point.
1: Lee Complin to
0: get a second at some point. Yeah, he'll
2: beat um, Kyle Howarth in Heat 15.
0: You're sticking him in Heat 15 as well? Wow. Oh, yeah. He was in Heat 15
1: today, though, weren't he, Lee Complin?
2: Well, should he have been in Heat 15? Complin, gate. It doesn't
1: matter how. He was still in it.
2: Yeah. So, told you he'd be good, didn't I?
1: He came last.
2: Uh, he fell off, yeah, but he's still in 15. Did he? Did he fall off? He fell off and remounted. Oh, yes,
1: he did. yeah, yeah. I think he was last when he fell off, but um, you have to be in it to win it, as they say.
2: That's not what the man yeah. He made he 15. I thought he was <laughs> a
0: good boy. He made 15 with four plus one. That's that's
1: that's, that's some good going, guys. Nice. Well, you know, <laughs> we'll move on 15. before we get any. We need to move on before we get any complaints from Newcastle because it does sound like we're bashing them at the
0: moment. Uh, to be honest, it, well, I think uh, the the Newcastle manager's taking lessons from from Jim Lynch there. I think um, in a tight match, putting four plus one in heat fifteen. But yeah, uh, yeah, he didn't actually put him in. Well, he did, but he didn't. We didn't. He had, yeah, he had to put him in in the end. I think.
2: Yeah. So. Uh, what happened? Stark missed the two minutes. Then James Wright came in. Then they're like, ah, ah no, 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 can't do that. So Coman came in. <laughs>
0: Exactly, that's what I mean. It's, Pretty entertaining, it's, if you ask me. The, I think referee,
2: well, I think but, Rob Grant should have been in personally, but that's just me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, and then on also on Sunday um, we've then got a, a return leg of the Time Tees Trophy between Newcastle and Redcar. Uh, again, a good a good opportunity for Newcastle to get some some much needed laps in, and um, again I could probably only I'd still predict a Redcar win for this one.
2: Possibly, but you know, if, if they go like they have today, or well, a Sunday when they're listening to this, you know, they, they might be able to spring a surprise. So, because I know these Red cars are full of races, team, it's not a, you would put down riders that go well on, on a technical track.
0: So, possibly, maybe. They're at home. So, home team, any, anything can happen, anything can happen. They're at home, they have, anything I'm can happen from.
2: in the wacky world of speedway. Um,
0: oh, yeah, yeah. Newcastle might hit 60. Maybe I will not go that far. Can't down, um, no, maybe not. Maybe not.
1: Other than a couple of fixtures, um, uh, which we've not talked about yet, I'll just move on to another one on Sunday, which is the um. The British under-21 semi-final at Milden Hall, which I will be in attendance. I will. Uh, two meetings in a week I'm going to. Unbelievable scenes. Cool. Um, I wish so, for, if, there's any, if there's any fans going down there on Sunday, uh, I can't tell you what I'll be wearing. If you know me, come and see me. I'll go down in the car
0: park, you know. It's going to be
1: a struggle. A but, do, I
0: think it's yeah. to, to take a poster, just make a poster and do one up, and just sort of yeah. wave it above your head with an arrow. Just Look at me, I and I'll put your be. two faces on the poster as well. Yeah, why not? Why not?
1: I don't think anyone's going to know who we are, but no.
0: don't need yeah, to. No, we
1: just have our faces, it'll be right? We might be. We, we've been getting some um, some reviews this week, so uh, we must be getting quite popular. though. No? We are the guys. Probably not for our opinions, but well, definitely not mine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, not not your prediction. That's what I was meant to. <laughs> so obviously we've got <clears throat> there's 10 riders that have been seeded to the, the British under 21 final which is at Birmingham in August uh, Tom Brennan Leon Flint Jordan Palin Dan Thompson Connor Bailey Dan Gilks Anders Rowe Jordan Jenkins Drew Kemp and Joe Thompson so then the 16 qualifiers a little bit at Hall on Sunday they'll, the top 6 will automatically go through uh, to that final so I'll just run through these names for you so you can uh take it all in and see who you would predict as a winner. We've got Vinnie Ford, Jason Edwards, Harry McGurk, Ben Trigger, Nathan Ablett, Archie Freeman, Gregor Miller, uh, Sam McGurk, Sam Hagen, Henry Atkins, Kai Ward, Mickey Simpson, Kyle Bickley, Luke Killeen, and I believe there's still two more to be confirmed because Elliot Kelly is now retired and there was still one to be confirmed. So out of that lot. Um, I know who I would go for, but I'll uh, come to you first, Karen, who do you see? I think it's quite easily, like, Jason Edwards, is odd, odds-on
2: favourite, surely, you know, he's his home track, A match he should win, but, there's riders in there that could, you know, just perhaps sneak an upset, it's pretty wide open for the other qualification spots, but the, you know, I, I think, anyone who's going against Jason Edwards is either somewhat in the know that something crazy is going to happen, or, Mad, so I, I can't wait to see you all picking Nathan. It's probably going to be like Mickey Simpson.
1: <laughs> Leave my Mickey alone.
0: Sorry, <laughs> and, and you, Rob? Yeah, I would go. I was going to get the the two names that stand, that stood out to me with, with Jason Edwards as as Kane says, and and, and maybe Carl Bickley. Um, they're the two names that that stick out. As as Kane said, that I think the field is pretty wide open. Other than that, but. Um, uh, again, as Kane says, I think you'll, you'll have to be mad to, to uh, you'd be a madman to say Jason Edwards isn't going to make it out of that semi-final. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't win a meeting, but I'm, I can't believe he won't be in the top six.
1: Yep, and, uh, and I'll make it a clean sweep. I think uh, Jason Edwards would be my pick to win the meeting as well. Um, obviously, Kyle Bickley, Henry Atkins is another name I'd expect to see up there. I suppose if we're looking for Couple of surprises, maybe I'm looking at Archie Freeman or Harry McGurk to come through that. But uh, I'm sure. Um, I think you need to
2: put some respect on Sam Hagen's
1: name. I was just about to say. Actually, I was looking at Sam Hagen and I was thinking, yeah, he's at Milton this I year, think isn't he? Could make, he's Oxford this year. Do you know anything, I, Nathan? Yeah, no, I know nothing. Oh,
2: okay. But I
1: was just looking at Sam Hagen's name and I was thinking
2: that hey, and you wouldn't. You won the league with them last year, so you know. I think he's got better chances than anyone. But, yeah, like yeah. Say, it's wide open. Anyone can win it. Luke Colleen could spring off a 15-point maximum. Who knows?
1: But I'm, I'm sure it'll be an interesting meeting and I'm looking forward to going down to that one. Yeah, and, uh, it should be a
2: good
1: one, yeah. I'm grabbing a few words with Luke and I'm sure Mickey will be around for a word and um, hopefully I'll try and get some words with the winner as well. Could be one of those that we've already named. So, uh, I'll bring that back to the podcast next week.
0: Although, I, I'm worried if, if Kane's predict Jason Edwards to win it, then... Yeah, I'm sorry, worried, yeah. I'm sorry, worried. Jack, I don't think he'll make in the top six anymore, mate. Um, My yeah. fault. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, what have we got left? We have got our meeting of the week. Uh, is the final fixture that we need to be previewing. Uh, but I'm going to leave that for a time here because we're now going to move on to the what versus Ludlow challenge. Oh, so I hope should... you boys are
0: ready for this. No, I'm not ready at all. The slight, the slight inkling you gave me. you cameras on. Of, your slight oh, inkling oh, of what yeah. you said it was earlier is is filling me full of dread, to be perfectly honest with you.
1: In a special treat, I'm putting my camera on as oh. well. See, you're well, sounds... nice. You Hi, can
0: everybody. see how over I am today. I so... shouldn't,
1: shouldn't be drinking at your age, mate. Yeah, Yeah, I know I shouldn't be, really, (laughs) because it'll be be at least Thursday before I get over it. I need to get my buzzer out, i got my buzzer out. We are professional. Have we we got adverts in between the buzzers this time? (laughs) Yeah, we probably will. We probably will be. So, if you get it wrong pretty quickly, so I haven't got to go to the advert, but, right, your question this week. Since the British Championship started in 1961, so a couple of years before your time, There have been 31 different winners. You have to name the 31 different winners. Oh, my God. Bear in mind, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a tip here. Um, When the the British Championships first started in 1961, it was open to riders from Britain and the British Dominions. So it weren't necessarily British riders. Well, that helps with about
0: two names who I would have assumed would win it. But but that's that's two extra people you might have though. Yeah, that's yeah. I can think that's two extra names that, that might have won it. But if you, I think you've got to be a brave man to say say them off the bat. So I might save them. Right. Off we go then. So Rob, I think you're first up this week, aren't you? Uh, are we taking it in turns, or uh, is it in turns, or are you doing a? Yeah, take now?
1: it in turns. So Rob,
0: you go first. Okay. To name your first answer. All right. I will have Scott Nichols. Ooh, right answer. Adam Ellis. Chris Harris.
1: No dramatic pauses this week. Ty Wuffenden. Right, I've got an advert Let's already. Find the missing number
3: seven.
1: <laughs> that didn't take long. The Ding. Being Correct. <laughs> <laughs> These adverts are like really long as well. Oh God! I, what did you say? Kane? Did you say Piotr
0: Pavlicki? Did you? Did I you? did.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, no. I said Henker Kustra.
0: Well, you go, Rob. Um, I will go for Danny King.
2: So it goes here. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I said. Now, who did <laughs> I say actually? That's why you should be writing it down. Yeah. If I'm, I write I'm, down, you just say I'm cheating.
1: No, you're allowed to write it down as long as you're not Googling.
2: Oh, it's fine.
1: I'll just say Quick Cook. I know I haven't said
2: him. Okay. This is so. annoying, man. I'm going to
0: have to get a new buzzer. There you go. Uh, I will say Chris Louis. I don't know. Give us a second. I'm just
2: going to... Oh, he's buying a bit of the time. Thing. Yeah, right. fun a friend, isn't it? See, <laughs> so I haven't got any. You said it.
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, oh. I tell you, what, I'm now writing down a name. I'm not sure if he's been said or not.
3: Oh no. Chris Martin. Ah. Uh-huh. Cool.
1: Let me. I'm going to leave him hanging for a little while. I've got to go that far down the list for. Him. He's done well there, uh, Andy Smith.
0: Yep, yeah. three times British champion. I've seen him win it. So <coughs> oh, That was the... Is he Sammy win it. he it? Yep,
1: yeah. twice. Oh.
0: Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to go for what you uh, said earlier. I'm going to say uh, Barry Briggs. I was thinking of him yeah, six time champion.
2: Ivan major? That was that was the other one. Yeah. Yeah, I play for them,
3: gone. Um Gary Havelock. You were nervous
1: there,
0: weren't you? I was actually. I I couldn't believe if he won a world title, I can't I I couldn't believe he <laughs> won a British title. Michael Lamb <laughs> Do it well. Um I want to say I think I'm getting his name right, but I'm gonna say, is it John Louis?
3: Ooh.
1: Yes. Here's what it wants.
0: Cool. If you could stop getting any answers now, Kane, okay, that'd be great, but Honestly, aside, are, we are getting point.
2: That, we are getting to that point. In we could I get to can... that point now.
0: I can't remember if
2: if anyone said his name now. What's his name? Nah. No. Oh damn. Well, I tried. Um. Um. Lee Richardson. That's a great answer. Oh, it's the right one. I seriously have no idea.
1: Oh. Yeah. Lee Richardson is an incorrect answer. Did you not win it? Lee Richardson <laughs> has never won a British title. Oh, this is oh I spot Rob back level.
0: Just just quick question. Did either of us what? actually say Robert Lambert? None of you said oh Robert Lambert. Oh my god. I said so you... like, I assume someone I assume I, I was
2: just saying Matt like the first three and then didn't realise who it was. I think you I, I, think, just... I think for the
1: for the second week running you've missed Joe Scream as well. <laughs>
2: What can we say? We just hate your screen, boys.
1: <laughs> you've, you've missed Charles Wright.
0: Oh, oh my yeah, God. Man.
2: You've missed Rory Schlein.
0: Uh-huh. Did we... Uh huh. How do
2: oh, we. This has
1: been a poor week. Uh, Kelvin Tatum, he's on the list. Top to he think, does. Uh, Michael Lee, he's on there. I, could, I forgot his name. Malcolm Simmons, Dave Jessup, Peter Collins. I know all the names, it's just.
2: Yeah. yeah, they're, all, they're all see, you, you can just see anything. Oh, you've got him and him and him, but you've never been in the hot seat, you know. You don't want to play, yeah. Like. yeah you're <laughs> well, not I was like, sitting you're... here thinking, God, what's his name?
1: Steve Peter Craven, he's on the list as well.
2: Uh, yeah, well, it's fine, isn't it? It's one, but anyway,
1: it brings Rob Level.
2: I'm leading on the way goals, it's fine.
1: So it's 1 1, and I have a quiz ready for next week, so we'll move on to that one next week. I you're gonna tell you what it is.
2: Oh, it's the recommendation from Phil Steele, isn't
1: it? Yes, it is. That'll yeah, down. it's it will be a good one. I can promise you that.
2: If I lose, so, uh, Phil, you're in well the trouble.
0: Newcastle I mean... Diamond number ones of the 1980s. I, imagine <laughs> oh,
2: I, I I'd, I'd smash that.
1: David Barge.
2: Okay, maybe not.
1: League. I don't know. He was well. for the 90s,
2: actually. Ivan Major. He was for Newcastle at some point.
1: Good, good show. He was probably 70s, though. So he might have been there in the 80s, then. Eh? Oh, he was the 80s,
2: honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I
1: know
2: he was there.
1: By the way, I've been pumped by Oxford tonight as well. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm really happy with it. But anyway, moving on. Last part, of, last part of the show is the meeting of the week, which this week is on, okay, but what it is now, Friday, April the 8th, it's Redcar against Plymouth in the Championship. Um, obviously, we've focused on Plymouth a little bit and we've spoken about Redcar in the past, but um, this is a meeting which could uh, could potentially go either way. Um, two very strong teams, I'd say two very, not top-heavy teams, but teams who have got a very strong top four. Quite evenly um, matched. Yes, I'd say so. So I'll come to you um oh yeah, I'll come to you first, Carlis. Hello. And go for your prediction for this one.
2: Um I'm gonna go with the red car win. But just purely on the basis that they do have some track specialists in the Plymouth team, but Kenneth doesn't tend to go well there. Hans Andersen, I don't think he's been there often if ever. Maybe last year with Leicester, and then Jilkson Atkins won't have tons of experience at the professional level. That obviously had the open days and the practice, I'm sure. But it's it's just the case that Redcar Carver a team that have seven riders that all go very well at home, and I, that's I just can't look past another. Maybe not convincing as convincing as the Newcastle one, but I think a comfortable win. So go on then um, a prediction. A of win of 45
1: 45. No. 52 um,
0: 38. <laughs> Rob, over to you. Um yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm gonna lean towards I, I think Red Carr will win this one. Um it's two evenly matched teams. Uh I, if it was if, if Plymouth were at home, I would say I'd back Plymouth to win. I think it's purely down to down to the home track advantage is going to say this one because I mean, you look at it on paper and I, I, they're two teams that are, are are pretty bang on each other. Um, but I think I think Redcar, I think Redcar are going to pivot at home. I think they're I think they're going to win pretty comfortably. I think it'd be tight for for for, for a good portion of the meeting, but I think I think Redcar or or pull pull through probably. A, I'm going to say 50-40. 50-40.
1: Well, based on that, I'm going to go slap-bang in the middle of you two. Um, I I think with uh, Charles Wright, Louis and Eric Riss at the top order there, I think they will most probably outscore Barker, Toft and Anderson. I, I agree with Kane. I don't think Ken and Anderson will go particularly well at red cards, to be honest. I think I expect Barker and Palm Toft to do the majority or large share of the scoring. Um, so I'm gonna go with fifty one thirty nine to red car. I could afford to lose one because I I'm in the lead. So it it's
2: 4941.
1: I'll be going or 57 <laughs> But uh, so that is our final fixture of the week. Um, I think just looking ahead the following meetings after that aren't until the Tuesday evening, so we've covered everything that's going to be happening over the course of this week. Um, so for me, a couple of meetings, live meetings this week uh, over at Kingsland to see what will probably be a comfortable home victory. Um, and then over to Mildon Hall to see a couple of the guys there and hopefully catch a few words with the winner as well. Um, so for this week, thanks again for listening. Um, thanks for joining me again, Robin and Kane. Back level again. So we'll move on to next week in time for another quiz. Um, and then we'll be reviewing and previewing some more meetings again next week. So thanks for this week, guys. And we'll catch up again next week.
3: See
1: yeah, you. Yeah. Yep. See you guys.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new bird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors.